on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, January 19th. LA Galaxy getting ready for their first preseason game of the year coming up in just a matter of days. That's a closed-door scrimmage. We're not going to focus too much on that. Just 37 days until the LA Galaxy get ready to play at the Rose Bowl, so we're going to talk about that. We have some news on call-ups with Marcus Vercranis and Jalen Neal. Uh, we have some info and some rumors on Julian Araujo a little bit, maybe some former LA Galaxy players in there as well. And why is Ricky, Ricky Pouge bored? I don't know. We're going to talk about that a little bit, too. So uh, a fun little show set to you. But our big focus is obviously going to be on uh, our, our very first guest. So as soon as he pops on here, we're going to jump over and get the president of uh, L.A. Riot Squad, Andrew. Andrew's going to come on and talk a little bit about the meeting that was just happening. Uh, hope everybody's doing well, by the way. Glad everybody is here on a Thursday. Uh, I think uh, small, small little tiny news. Um, and I think we've sort of a, a touched on this and approached this before uh but tonight is show 1000 um we said we weren't going to celebrate right now because really we, we're sort of in this position of not being ready to celebrate right we're not we're not like we we don't have something big planned and we wanted to do something big so uh show 1000 is tonight technically speaking so that means uh in our 15th season we've hit show 1000 which is kind of fun uh last show was 9999 which was also kind of fun uh whenever you're looking at it so uh just want to thank everybody for for sticking in there with us and for hanging out with us on a regular basis you're stuck with me just tonight um i think sophie's headed off over to uh to ingerland uh the hammer was busy uh and I talked a little bit to Christian Miles, and he wants to come on the show here a little bit later. Um, wasn't available tonight. So you get it. You get it to me. And, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, it, it, if you're stuck with me on show 1000, it's kind of cool that it's show 1000, by the way. Uh, I will say that just because I'm the only one who's been on every single show. So so this is my 1000th show actually is doing it as well. So anyway, it's a, it's a fun little milestone to do, and we certainly appreciate it. We're not going to make a big deal about it now, but eventually we're going to have like a live show, and we're going to call it Show 1000 Live Show, uh, which is where we sort of, do, we sort of uh, celebrate and have fun with that. So that's our plan for right now. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff that that's just been going around along around the LA Galaxy. Obviously, you know about the supporters groups and the boycott. And like I said, we're going to dive into that much, much deeper and get into some details with that. We're excited to to be able to bring that to you. Um, and so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there were some call ups and some other things. The, the The real big deal here is that, and I hinted at it, just eight days until the LA Galaxy's first preseason game. Again, that is a closed door scrimmage. Um, I think that's a closed door scrimmage against Charlotte and Charlotte just had some, some horrible news. Um, and so I'm not sure if that's still happening or, or if anything's going on, but, uh, Charlotte lost one of their defenders, Anton walks. Um, he was, I think just 25 years old, originally hailing from England. He was in a boating accident in Florida earlier this week. Uh, and, and apparently was one of the only ones who was injured. He was one of the people driving one of the boats. Uh, and unfortunately he, he passed away. Uh, super like just depressing whenever you think about it. There's a guy, a young guy who played, I think with Atlanta United and then was coming over to Charlotte, was trying to extend sort of this football career that he had. I'm sure he was down in 
Florida having a good time, sort of in the last last sort of breaths of the off season and doing some stuff, um, and, and unfortunately passed away. So uh, that's a that's a pretty hard pill to swallow for them, um, and it was pretty pretty sad whenever you think about all the things that are going on. So um, super rough for them. Uh, the LA Galaxy, for their part, uh, put out together a group photo and put his number on, I think, an LA Galaxy jersey there um, and and got around for a nice photo. That's the, the I, I think it's one of the first real big team photos you're going to see. And if you can zoom in, you can actually see probably all the players there, everybody going on. Uh, one of the things that, that as we sort of turn the page a little bit, um, you know, one of the things that, that Greg mentioned in the press conference that I don't know if we got, he talked about Jalen Neal. And we're going to talk about Jalen Neal here in just a little bit. But we talked about Jalen Neal. And then he said, you know, he feels he has the depth at center back. And whenever you talk about Mavinga and Sega Koulibaly and Caceres, right? So you have those guys. And then he talked about Jalen Neal having to step up and be part of the backup to those guys and be a first team player this year. And that he expected that. And then he also mentioned that Eric is back as well. So Eric Zavaleta, who has been pictured in training and whose option was declined by the LA Galaxy, is expected, and I would say at this point, is back on the team for this year. So if you're sort of sort of putting that in there and, and getting that out of there, um, you know, you can sort of read between the lines. So Eric Zavaleta comes back and, and does everything. So certainly appreciate that. Uh, Ronald gave us a $10 super chat. Appreciate that, Ronald. Uh, Tim gave us a $5 super chat, says happy 1000 show, Josh. Appreciate that, Tim. Uh, Arquitecto Verbal, how, do, how does Josh feel about the supporter group statement personally? And congrats, Josh, nothing but good vibes and long live COG. We appreciate that. Uh, $5 super chat. I'll tell you, I think I'm going to wait till after I talk to Andrew and, and I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I think I will tell him probably what I feel about it personally. We can see how he reacts to that. Um, and that $10 super chat from JT, a thousand pennies in honor of, uh, the show, uh, in honor of show 1000. Congrats on the milestone. Will there be a halftime meetup at the Rose Bowl? I don't know. You know, the Rose Bowl is it's such a hard press box to like get into and get out of. But I'm sure we will figure something out um, whenever that comes out. If you are indeed attending the Rose Bowl. Ooh, yes, that's also fun, too. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that whenever that happens. And uh, we'll be ready to rock and roll. Oh, see, I already if this is going to be this is like one of those things where where you're, you're doing the seven things and then you screw up and you you miss the call of the person who's supposed to be calling in. Um, so here we'll just we'll just we'll just put this on and see if I clicked all the right buttons. Andrew, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I, I you said to call it 808. I was just waiting. You, you no no. I, I saw a missed call, so I figured I missed you. And then you know I'm doing it by myself and not paying attention to the show, to the phone ringing and all no. that stuff. So no, we're we're good. No, so. No. I clicked on it so that I could I could save the number so I could call it easier. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. This is this is perfect timing. You you were supposed to call right in uh, in right now anyway, so it just made it easier for yeah. me. So everybody, uh, please welcome to the show. We're very glad to have him. Um, a guy who's been uh, around the galaxy, I think, for as long as I have. Have you been? When when, when was your first LA Galaxy game? Uh, first LA Galaxy game was 2005. Yes. Um, in the summer, we played Chivas USA. Uh, I came with my high school soccer team. We were doing summer soccer and. That was one of the things that they did. I was the only upperclassman, so I got to go. I told them, my, my coach, I said, hey, when we get there, I'm going to go sit on the other side. He's like, all right, just sit uh, or just come back before the end of the game. And I went and sat with Lars and the rest is sort of history. That, that is history. So 2005, you even predate me. I was going to say, I, I, I've known you around the LA Galaxy for as long as I've been covering the LA Galaxy. So it doesn't surprise, you, surprise me. Uh, Andrew is the president of LA Riot Squad um, and obviously was at the meeting uh, that took place on Tuesday. So we want to talk about that. But I also, Andrew, before we even started, I wanted to sort of go through a timeline of how this sort of all came out and and how the statement was released and and all the fun stuff. Baxter broke the news I think a week ago tonight because he broke it and then immediately hopped on our show uh, to talk about it on Friday afternoon, basically on January thirteenth. You guys released the statement, which I've read here on the show. Um, we did that on Monday to uh, to go through that. Um, how, were, were there any previous discussions about that? Uh, yes. So. Um Back in December, uh, when the the you know the Pavone, uh, sanctions and, and fine came down, we um, me and a couple other people from the north end spoke. Um, the president of Ghosts and the president of Outlaws, and you know we kind of we were like, well, what, what should we do? What's the next step? Because you know like this is embarrassing, and you know we had talked about climb out banners or um, 
you know, something, something to that extent to show our frustration. Someone had mentioned a walkout, but we had all agreed that, you know, coming to the Rose Bowl and showing up for the Rose Bowl, you know, being there is special and, and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. They're like, well, we have to wait to see his contract gets extended and we'll wait on that. Um, and then, you know, when the news broke on Thursday night, we, I spoke with all the other presidents. I, I brought in, uh, the ACB president who wasn't president at the time the sanctions came down. Um, so we looped in the ACB president and Galaxians and, um, you know, we kind of all spoke. We all went to our, our separate leadership groups and discussed it with them. And, and we kind of all, you know, felt the same way. We've all felt strongly about it and that, um, you know, this is just not the way to treat us. You know, it's kind of obvious what they're doing in releasing it at that time. Um, and, you know, we decided that something needed to be done. And so we took action. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you say, you know, releasing it at that time. I know in your statement and, and certainly in the L.A. Riot Squad statement that you put out uh, separately from the joint statement as well, you talked about, you know, how they released it through Kevin Baxter. Do you why is that a problem for you? Uh, I don't have a problem with them releasing it through Kevin Baxter, but it's the way they did it. They knew it was going to be an unpopular uh, decision. They knew it would receive backlash. Uh, they know it would be ridiculed by not just our fans, but obviously it's been ridiculed, ridiculed by other people in the media as well. Um, and so they did it, you know, at a time. I'm not sure when Baxter got the information or how long it took him to write that article. But the fact that the article came out at night on a Thursday, um, it's kind of showed us everything we need to know. And, and uh, it's kind of been indicative of the galaxy uh, in the front office to, you know, hold their cards to the vest. They're so secretive about everything. And, um, you know, it just it feels like a slap in the face. Right. Do you, do you feel like uh, like as a a club in their situation and their stature should be releasing statements like that on their own? Do you feel that they owe you the transparency, basically, that you asked for um, in that joint statement? Uh, yeah, I do think that they owe us some sort of transparency. And, you know, um, just to briefly go with something that happened in the meeting that Dan Beckerman had said that we don't release statements um, or contract um, information on executives and that that may be fine and good, but you also let, you didn't let Kevin Baxter know until that night, 13 days into, you know, what would be his contract now. Um, and, you know, you, I guess from what Kevin said on your show last week, you know, he was pressing and pressing for two weeks to try to get information and they wouldn't give him. And then they just decided to break down and say, yeah, he's our president. Um, yeah, I do think there's a way to do that that's not disrespectful to us. Um, there's a way to do that that uh, is a, a better, more concise way of explaining what you know his duties and roles are. Mm -hmm. I think those have been um, purposely muddled and, and uh, purposely uh, you know, uh, vague and obtuse. So that they can say, "Oh, hey, look, he's not part of the he's not part of the soccer side." But we've heard that before. We've we we were I was told that when DTK came by DTK and by Chris Klein, but obviously that hasn't been the case. You, in the statement, uh, in that original statement, you asked for change at the highest level. What type of change is acceptable to you, and 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 who who is or who are the targets of of that comment? Uh, the targets are Klein and Jovan. Um, we just want them removed from the club because they're the only constants in uh, what is a decade now of decay and rot within the front office. They're the only constants that have still been here. Um, you know, we've lost a lot of people. We allowed a lot, a lot, a lot, lost a lot of coaches. You know, we've hired, hired and fired a lot of coaches, a lot of GMs. Uh, there's also been people that have come and gone in the front office that haven't stick, stuck around. Um, you know, people that you wouldn't necessarily know. Um, unless you're, you know, deep into the club and you do, you work with the club often as I do. And, you know, as you cover the club, um, and I think that they're the only ones left that, and it's been under their leadership that we have seen this sort of just self-destruction of what the galaxy once was. Um, and we haven't evolved past what we were. And, and it's even worse. We've devolved while all these other teams are evolved into this new form of MLS, this new version of MLS. Everyone, you know, some of these other teams have gotten better and we've gotten worse.
Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. Okay, uh, so you had a meeting on Tuesday. The, uh, you guys released the the joint statement on a Friday afternoon or, or Friday at some point. I don't remember exactly what time, but on Friday, um, the LA Gallery. Well, oh, what was it? The time was actually, the time was actually specific. We wanted all to release at the same time that Kevin Baxter released this article. Nice. Okay, so there was there was because I I remembered it was Friday evening, right? That's that's sort of what I yeah. what I remembered as well. Okay, so. Um, so that that statement's released. It's put out there. Uh, the LA Galaxy and, and obviously the supporters groups agreed to, to a meeting on Tuesday. Uh, we talked a little bit and knew there was a meeting on Tuesday. Um, I, I guess I should ask you, who was in the meeting? How long was the meeting? Um, what was the purpose of the meeting? Um, well, we weren't sure of the purpose of the meeting going into it. Um, after the fact, it just sort of seemed like the Galaxy wanted to hear us. Um, the meeting was two and a half hours. Uh, Greg Vanny was there, Dan Beckerman, um, the supporters relations team, and um, another member of the front office named Uriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not not positive what his role is, but I, I know he was you know he was there. Um, and yeah, the purpose of the meeting was to hear us, I guess. Um, I mean, I think it was sort of sort of an opening salvo to see like what we, you know, what we would be willing to come back with, and um, you know, they didn't specifically ask us, you know, what would we be willing to what would what will we do uh, to come back? But you know, we made our our, our position clear that our, we'll come back when Klein and Jovan are removed from the club. And in this in this two and a half hour meeting, how do you how do you think the the supporters groups themselves were treated? Do you think that they were there to hear you, or or do you think they were just there to sort of appease you? Um, I mean, a, a little bit of both. I mean, they were there to hear me. I, I hear us. I don't think Dan Beckerman knows as much of what's going on in the club as, you know, as he thinks. And I don't, uh, as he, you know, thinks we do. We, we, I think we know more than he does of the inner workings and little things within the club. Obviously, all the big stuff. He's a very, very important guy at AEG. He runs pretty much everything else. There's a lot to AEG. Um, and, you know, I, I think he was kind of shocked and just sort of like, I don't know that he expected what he what he got, and it was two and a half hours of uh, us sort of airing grievances um, and just sort of trying to put him on the spot. Uh, you know, he had answers to a lot of things. Um, uh, I will say it because Klein was supposed to be there. We were told, um, you know, that day that Klein was going to come and he'd be there for a part of it. When we got into the meeting, um, you know, Dan said that we could say our piece and then we can bring Klein in. But the meeting kind of just went all over the place, and Klein never got a chance to come in. Um, I, I wish he would have uh, been been in there. I would have said all the same things that I have. I've had these conversations with Klein in the past. Um, I've had these same sort of like we hear you mess, uh, meetings, and um, you know nothing's ever changed. Right? Did did they give you a justification for for bringing back Chris Klein for for at least another year? Although we have no idea how long that contract actually is. Uh, yeah, they. I asked specifically Sam that. Um, and you know, there's, he says that there's things that we can't see that we don't, we won't know that we don't know, uh, that Klein does. Um, he explained some of those things. He said there's committees that he's part of MLS. Uh, there's committees that he's part of beyond MLS. I think we know the, the Olympic committee or sorry, the, uh, the world cup committee. Um, and you know, and he thinks that he's the right man for the job. And he, uh, according to Dan, it's where we are now, not the history. But that's to me, that's unacceptable because you have to look at someone's history to justify them staying on a job. And where we are now really was sort of kind of put on Greg as they believe in Greg. They have the full backing. They, Greg has the full backing of the front office. Um, but I don't think it's fair to trot Greg out there to try to save the situation that he didn't create and, um, you know, kind of put him on the spot. I think at uh, I think it's like you also mentioned in your last show or your show last week that you know they uh, they kind of trot Greg out there. He's got to answer questions for this uh, Pavone issue, this Pavone scandal, and you know it's not fair to him to have to do that because he wasn't there for that, and he's the face. You know he's now becoming the face of this club, I guess you could say, and uh, he's got to answer these questions and, and be in front of reporters that you know he doesn't really probably have the answers to. Yeah, yeah. It, I was gonna, I was gonna ask what sort of role Greg took in this. Was was he? Did he sort of sit back, or was he more prominent in this meeting? 
Um, you know, he went over a lot of the stuff that's going on on the, the team side and things that he's building in terms of the scouting and, and things like that. And, um, yeah, he, uh, you know, he tried to try to tell us that we're in the right direction. The things are right. There's a good working relationship between everyone. Um, he didn't, he was very specific that he didn't take a side. Um, but he did say he does a work, a good working relationship with Chris. Right. I, I mean, so, so my personal opinion, I think you've probably, if, if you've heard any of the podcasts, I'm sure I've said this many times is that I always believe that I never wanted the front office or I never want a head coach that really listens to fans, right? Because, uh, ultimately it's about the performance on the field that is supposed to be the, the judge of that. Right. And so it's about the successes. It's about the, the winning and the losing. And so if you choose to do something that is going to cause you to not be successful, then usually uh, you get you get punished with that. Is, it, is this a different situation? Why should why should the supporters groups, why should fans be in charge of telling AEG or the LA Galaxy who their president should be? Um, I think because there is there has already been a groundswell of people saying client out before we released any statement. There was people crying out back all the way back in 2017. It's only grown since then. And it's obvious it's not a very popular decision. If it was a popular decision, they wouldn't have released that information 13 days into him still being there and through Kevin Baxter at 830 at night on a Thursday. Um, I, I, you know, I agree with you. It's a tough position to be in for AEG. But at the same time, like we have to, as fans, if you are not happy with your the direction of your organization, if you're unhappy with the last 10 years, um, you know, of this person's leadership, we have to do something to change it. And this is the only thing we can do to show how mad we are, to show how frustrated we are, to show that we're not willing to continue to operate like this as a business or as a as a club or as a business. I just don't, I don't think, you know, if your your customers are mad about something, um, you know, I, I you, you do something to change that. You do something to appease them or, or make them happy you change what you're doing, you put your product, but you know, you make your product better, but they just keep going with the same thing there. I mean, look, I, the, the big thing that I talked about in the meeting was communication and you cover the galaxy. How hard is it to cover the galaxy? Why are they so secretive about everything? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is very interesting. Um, I actually asked about the meeting because I had been tipped off uh, that there was a meeting happening on, happening on Tuesday. I think I said this uh, or, or I probably didn't even say it, but I did ask. Oh, I did. I asked about it on Monday. Um, I asked the LA Galaxy if there was a meeting going on between, you know, the supporters groups and the front office. And I never got a response back. And, you know, hey, maybe they're busy and I like to give them the benefit of the doubt a lot. But obviously, this was going to be a topic on our show. We knew we were going to talk about it, and it feels like there. It feels like there's a little bit uh, that they're happy to sort of um, let the question marks just hang in the air, and and it, it feels that way. It's 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 not always easy. I I don't cover. I'll, I'll be honest with you, though, Andrew, and this is the only thing I'd be really honest about. I rely on people who who cover other teams and have to cover nationally to tell me how difficult it is to deal with the LA Galaxy sometimes. And I hear I hear mixed messages, but certainly there's a lot of people who think that they're extremely difficult to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard Kevin talk about about it on the show, and you know, he he I, he has he has said that there's been issues in the past. I, I've heard that. But I, I mean, what I, I mean, what I will say is that just communication in general, even even within the front office, and people wouldn't know this unless you work with the people in the front office, and even like between departments, they don't talk to each other. I mean, I know about the Rose Bowl game um, that that wasn't discussed with at least the people that we work with until they were just told, "Hey, we're going to do a game at the Rose Bowl." It was already decided. There was no internal discussion. They never brought it to us as fans. Which okay, for something like that, that's a big decision. We, we don't necessarily should have a voice on that, but, um, you know, somebody within the front office should probably, they should talk about it with their own people. And I do think that there is a level of everything. Everyone holds their cards to their vest. They don't, they don't talk to each other. There's, you know, a level of secrecy. Everything's muddled. Information's muddled because then they can just, you know, say, Oh no, that, that was this person's fault. You know, we went through, you know, I, I brought up DP signings with, with Dan and, you know, he said, you know, it's a, it's a collaborative effort. But, you know, it, it sounds like he's sort of putting it on whoever the coach or GM was at the time. That was their person. That was, you know, that wasn't, oh, he's not here anymore. DTK is gone. GBS is gone. And um, they're not looking at the total picture. 
And, you know, they just sort of operate in a way that's, you know, not acceptable. They haven't done anything to build a good culture in that office. I, I asked this knowing that you don't have the answer, but but obviously I'd like to hear your your perspective on it. I mean, how does... How does it, how does this end? It's acceptable to the supporters groups. It's acceptable to the fans who are boycotting, and and acceptable to AEG. Ultimately, you sort of have to expect that everybody has to be either everybody has to be mad about it, and that's one way to 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 sort of leave it, or everybody has to be okay or or happy with the solution. Um, I, I'd say first that you know it's it, yes, we are the supporters groups that put out the the message, but. There's other people that feel that way too. And there's obviously fans that don't feel that way, that don't want to boycott. And that's fine. No one's no one's upset if you don't want to boycott. Um, but we as the supporters groups have a little bit more power than just, you know, one or one one guy in one oh nine or somebody that sits in one thirty five. We have more power to to voice our opinions and, and get their attention. Obviously all the client out stuff and all the, you know, the plane that flew around last last year. Climb out on every post, on every you know reply, um, that hasn't gotten their attention. So we needed to do something that that got their attention. Um, I would say that what would be acceptable to us is him be removed from the club. I'm not saying he has to get fired. I'm not saying Jovan has to get fired, but I want them to be removed from the club because I, I feel like their leadership has you know it's been in the way of other things that have gone on, and it obviously hasn't gotten us anywhere. And I think that it hasn't built a culture in that front office. It's actually built a culture of secrecy and not not being upfront and honest. We're very reactive. The team is just reacts to everything. We react to LAFC, react to the, to the fans, uh, now boycotting. We react to things after the fact. We're not proactive and take, take care of things before they fester into a wound or into a problem. I, I, my, my final question, actually, I probably have two. One, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, which was um, you, you sort of said, what about the fans? You know, you talked about the fans that didn't want to boycott. Uh, do you have a message to, to all the fans for this? I mean, is it is it about rallying behind the supporters groups and, and joining the boycott is, you know, how do you see your role or as as supporter group leadership, as as the people who've launched this boycott? How do you see that role for the people who maybe don't want to boycott? Uh, for me, I, I can only speak for myself as president of Lars. Um, I don't have any problems with anybody who doesn't want to boycott. I get it. It's going to be hard to not go to games. We didn't come to this decision lightly. Um, it's, it's, you know, I, I have not wanted to boycott for, you know, we've been, ta- we've talked, it's been talked about before. Um, and I've always been the one who's, who said no. And, but I just feel like the way that this club goes and the way they continue to operate is unacceptable. Um, I would say for the people that don't want to boycott or want to, you know, are listening right now and are unsure, if you are tired of the leadership and what's in place now, if you want better for this club, then don't give them money. Take it back. Take it back. That's the only power we have. If if sponsorship money and the, and those sorts of things, you know, Kevin brought up that, uh, you know, as as fans we sell twenty thousand tickets to twenty dollars, which wouldn't be the average. That's that's kind of on the low end. If 20,000 tickets is $20 for 19 games, it doesn't make up for the fact that uh, Herbalife gives us $10 million a year. Yeah. Then show it. Show what show what you can do as a fan to, to take that money back. Take back your own, take back what your power is, and that's giving them money. Um, and that would, would it will be the only message that they can hear, I think. Um, if you're on the fence, I would say try to support us. If you go, no one's going to be mad that you go. It's going to be hard for me to not go to games either. Uh, finally, you know, with the with the meeting wrapping up, what is, what was the takeaway? What what's the next step now? Um, they said they'd, they'd be in contact with us, um, so we just wait for them. Uh, it's it's in their court. Um, yeah, we just wait. It's a it's a waiting game, I guess, for now, and see what they say. Um, you see what their reaction is going to be. Uh, just another and a long line of reactions to things. And and does this start with the preseason games? Will will supporters groups be at preseason games, or or does it start at the Rose Bowl? Uh, it starts. Yeah, it starts now. Um, I w- I won't be attending any preseason. I plan on going to that Sunday uh, game in Coachella. Not, I'm not going now. Uh, we won't be at the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I still think that there's going to be people at the Rose Bowl. Uh, people bought tickets, and if you bought tickets, you know, again, no one's going to be mad if you go. 
um, but you won't have organized support there uh, if Klein and Yovan are still in office. And uh, one of the questions, at least from the from the chat room, Marvin was asking, is Lars going to be in the tailgate area at games? How about other supporters groups or is there going to be any show outside of the games? Uh, I haven't heard anything from the other supporters groups yet. We've we've discussed it. Um, I think what our consensus is, is doing um, is tailgating or sorry, uh, doing viewing parties for for games, um, you know, kind of pick a spot and then we all show up there. Uh, for the time being, I hope it doesn't get to that point. I'll be honest with you. I hope it doesn't get to that point. But um, yeah, I, I haven't talked to any other group about that, uh, and we don't really have a decision yet in Lars' leadership. Understood. Understood. Well, Andrew, um, as always, I always appreciate you communicating with me. I always appreciate you coming on the show anytime that you get the chance. Um, I wish you all the best and, and keep us updated. Anytime you have uh, an update or anything that you want to share, uh, you're welcome to come on the show and, and share it. All right. Why don't you tell people where they can uh, follow you on on Twitter at least? Oh, uh, uh, some Axamol, Bob. I really don't have any social media presence, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, I want happy, happy 1,000th episode. I saw that before uh, I hopped on. People saying happy 1,000th. That's a, it's a big deal. It's a milestone. You've been covering the team a long time, and you know we appreciate you. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate that. You have a, a wonderful night. We'll talk soon, all right? You too. Bye. All right. There he goes. Andrew from the LA Riot Squad, president of the LA Riot Squad. So there, there's your, your information, right? Um, that's for directly from supporters groups, uh, you know, from, from the mouth of a supporters group from, from why they're doing it. Um, I know Andrew could literally talk about that probably for another two and a half hours as he already has, um, inside of the meeting. So I think it's really interesting. Somebody asked me in, in one of the super chats was what my personal opinion on this. And I think I can stay really, one is I was honest with Andrew. I don't believe that fans should have a say in things. Um, and so for some of me is like, no, the AEG should absolutely not bend, not break, not do any of those things. I understand that part of it because I don't think fans should have a general say in how the club is run, what players get played, what players get signed, all that stuff. I understand though, in this particular sense is I said that there's usually reactions to these things, right? There's usually punishments. You don't do well. You get fired. GBS didn't do well. He got fired. Uh, Curtin Alfo didn't do well. He got fired. Um, you know, Dominic Kinnear somehow didn't never got the chance to be the head coach of the LA galaxy and, and never made it. I mean, like there's little things that sort of happen that you sit there and say, you know, Dennis DeClosa didn't get the job done. Eventually he leaves, right? And maybe he was run out, although they picked up his option and then he left. He scrambled away, right? So usually there's consequences, and I struggle to sort of see the consequences involved in this um, for, for anybody in the front office um, that has been there for as long as, as Klein has. So that's the difficult part where, I, you know, if you want my personal opinion, I've always said you get to you get to protest, you get to boycott, you get to do whatever you want to do as long as you're not hurting somebody else. Right. As long as you're not physically or emotionally hurting somebody else, hurting somebody in the pocketbook is is fine, um, uh, you know, in, in those types of things. But you're allowed to protest the way you want to protest. You want to go to every game and you want to hold up a sign because you're angry. Then that's then that's acceptable. That's that's perfectly acceptable. I don't like gatekeeping. Um, and I think Andrew was pretty clear as well. If you go to games, you're not going to be in trouble. They're not going to harass you. Uh, so you're more than welcome to go to the games. He's hoping, I think, that you join him in that. Super interesting. I've never covered anything like this in my 15 seasons, right? I've never seen this level of um, of disconnect between the supporters groups and, and the front office. And I believe Andrew is correct. Uh, he said they're reactionary, and I think we've said that many times on the podcast. So um, I get a lot of his arguments. I think that a lot of his arguments are there. It's just whether or not AEG wants to listen to those, whether or not Dan Beckerman wants to listen to those. You know, this very much feels like this, like they bring Greg Vanny out and he's in the, you know, I said that he was in the press conference. You're asking questions about this stuff and you're like, you can't, it, it's almost like you can't even ask him what the, what you guys did to cheat because he wasn't there. He's not the one who should be answering for it. Maybe that's, maybe that's the position that is unfair for Greg Vanny but is still a position for reporters that we still have to ask. It may, it may be, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the, the justification I have to understand in order to ask those questions to Greg Vanny. It's unfair. He has to get those, but he's being put in a position that's unfair, not by the reporters or people who want to ask him questions. Very interesting. 
staring contest is exactly where it's at. I know, and I don't mean that to demean the situation. I think Andrew and all the supporters groups are dead serious about this. I know that there's people in the chat room that are dead serious about this. And uh, saying it's a staring contest is not meant to downplay what is going on. Saying it's a staring contest is who's going to blink first. Um, and I, I, you know, I would imagine that a multi-billion dollar corporation like AEG has the wherewithal and the game plan to just wait everybody out. And apparently they'll be perfectly fine with that. Uh, I got a comment uh, from from I think our last show that we did and was sort of like, hey, you know, Kevin said, you know, they're getting more money from Herbalife. And I think Andrew brought it up. They're getting more money for Herbalife. Well, Herbalife pays to have eyes on their jersey. And when there aren't as many people in the stadium, when those things are happening, then then maybe Herbalife gets fed up with it. We, we talked about Apple TV not possibly being happy about this. This is their opening game and they have this going on. This is supposed to be their big celebration, right? The El Trafico, the biggest game in all of Major League Soccer, even as they drive it into the ground by having it over and over and over again. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's super interesting. Super interesting from a neutral perspective from the outside. I think it's super interesting. I feel bad that people are put in the position that they have to pick between watching soccer and and not watching soccer because of um, you know what they deem as mismanagement. It's a t- it's a horrible position to be put into as a fan as anybody who who loves watching live soccer, I've told you how much I love watching live soccer. Um, so, so I will be there. And it, I, it's just, it's just very interesting to me to sit here and try to chess match this out. How does this work? Who makes the first move? What concessions does, does AEG in my mind, AEG can't even get, what are you going to give? What do you, Hey, you know what? We're going to fly you guys. Uh, do they go just straight for the bribe? Like I, if I put myself in their position, I simply come back and say, no, we we appreciate you talking to us, but no, you don't get to choose that stuff and you'll never get to choose that stuff. And thank you very much. We appreciate it and have a nice day. And they walk out. What are you going to be like? I, I'm gonna, How about we buy you beer? Because I mean, clearly, whenever you look and and by the way, that's not to say <laughs> that I would expect the supporters groups to, to to take that, to take beer and be like, okay, yeah, we're fine. No, I don't. Um, But I just wonder how much and I certainly think there's a part of this, how much AEG is going to underestimate the will of some of these supporters groups. So super interesting. Oh, super interesting. I know Andrew was on uh, Sirius XM this morning with Jason Davis um, in the United States of soccer in the morning. So that's pretty national as far as it goes. I know Hercules Gomez was talking about this on their shows, uh, Football America, right, um, on ESPN. So there is some national coverage. I know Alexi Lawless was commenting on it and stirring everybody up like he always does. So this is, you know, this is not, I I, I know it feels hyper local and I think it is, but it's also, it's definitely spreading wings. um, And other MLS teams are, are very aware of what is going on as well. I'm sure John Garber knows what is going on as well. All right. Um, That's sort of where we sit with that. I want to put that to bed a little bit. We, as we have been doing, I think we've been sort of turning the page between this stuff, right? Obviously, this is not good. It's not not right, but there's still a season to get ready for, and we're going to continue on this show to get ready for that, um, and so that's what we're going to do. So the next item of business for us tonight is that Jalen Neal did get called into the U.S. men's national team roster for the January training camp. Uh, the U.S. men's national team has matches against Serbia on January 25th at now BMO Stadium. Not BMO Field, because that's in Toronto, but BMO Stadium, which is formerly Bank of California Stadium. So BMO Stadium on January 25th. I'm so not going to get into that. I just, it's not it, it's not for this show. Uh, and uh, and then Columbia at Dignity Hill Sports Park on January 28th. All right. So those are the games that Jalen Neal. Now, here's the and I certainly see people getting all smarty about this. Oh, Jalen Neal's going to make his U.S. men's national team debut before he makes the, you know, the the L.A. Galaxy first team debut. Jalen Neal is a youth men's national team player and has been for years. This is the perfect progression for him. And when we talk about the January camp, it does have a connotation of being camp cupcake. We know that this is, you know, this is the area where AJ Delagarza got his one cap. You know, I think it was one or two caps for, for the United States was in that January camp, right? So this is the time that they try people out. This is the time that they get those MLS players to come in, participate in this camp, go through the camp and get some time. 
Also, and, and I've made this clear whenever I talked about it, Greg Vanny talked for two or three minutes about Jalen Neal. Maybe it wasn't that long, but it was like two or three paragraphs about Jalen Neal and how he expects him to be part of this first team. And I know he said that last year. He said it to me straight up to my face. When I had a one, basically a one-on-one. Me and Damian Calhoun got to sit and talk with Greg for about 90 minutes last year. And we talked with him. And basically, Greg was like, we want to find the spots for Jalen. That's coming, you know, the whole deal. And and maybe Greg never felt that last season that the Galaxy were solid enough at defense to give him that time. And, and when you're under pressure, and Vanny was under pressure, if we remember through the whole summer, you know, he doesn't get that stuff. So I, I do expect that Jalen Neal has the ability to play himself into playing for the LA Galaxy this year. Him getting a call on the a national team, just bravo. This young man is is good. The, Greg was a defender. Uh, I think if there's anybody who can sort of develop him with Dan, Dan Kalichman as well, if anybody can sort of develop him, it's, it's these guys. And I really feel like Jalen is, is going to be maybe that breakout player this year. Um, he's just 19. He has some time and center backs usually are later, later development, have to get that physical aspect up, have to get that physical aspect up. Um, and they have to be able to, did I say a bad word by accident there? That was fun. Uh, they have to get that physical aspect up. They have to get the, the the brains of it up and they have to be ready to play at MLS speed. And being being Jalen has played so much on those youth national teams, those types of things, I feel like he's going to be able to adapt to that. So that was one of the things, <coughs> excuse me, that was one of the things that sort of had. So Jalen Neal getting the call up. The other call up was for the men's youth national team. I'll call up to the U-20 for Marcus for Kranis as well. Something happened last year whenever Marcus Fercranis got loaned out to Phoenix, right? And everybody's like, oh, he's in trouble, the whole deal. Greg was talking about <laughs> MLS Next Pro and how they're pretty sure that guys that they really want to get a lot of minutes and might be in a more competitive place are going to have to loan them out to USL again. I think that maybe that was a little bit of a test of, of what you could get at the USL level and maybe establishing a relationship to move Marcus Fercranis to one of those places. Marcus is further behind certainly uh Jalen in terms of development um he's also 19 but you expect that he could grow into that in the next couple of years as well so keep that in mind whenever we see if we see loans that are going out to USL clubs that Vanny is purposely avoiding MLS next pro because they don't think um <laughs> they don't think that that MLS next pro is going to be as competitive as they need it to be right um, so that's, that's something that you also have to keep on um, mind on. So I want you to be focused on that as we go through the season, just because somebody gets loaned out to USL does not mean that they're in trouble or that they're bad or that it's, it's more about the com competition level. And I think that Vanny thinks that USL championship is above MLS next pro, and he may move first team players that they need to get minutes down to USL pro. So keep that a good, all right. All right, let's watch for Jalen Neal, though, as he sort of comes through this um, and, and see where he lands. Now, um, another fun, fun in quotation marks, another fun thing popped up on my screen. I think it was over the last couple of days, uh, maybe just yesterday, but people were asking me all about it. There was a tweet that went out from this Twitter account. I don't even want to say it. So if you're on the show and you're watching live, you can see it. <clears throat> anyway, they said the LA Galaxy midfielder Ricky Pooj is having a difficult time adjusting to life in Los Angeles. Uh, he prefers cities that are not as dependent on car travel. His life off the field has been boring since arriving last summer. Um, and that apparently came from a uh, root Villar, who is, she is a, a, a Catal Catalonian radio uh, personality there. I don't know. I imagine she's probably a reporter and I don't mean to, to denigrate her either. She, she has a part in this story as well. So that was what this person sort of made, um, made of Ricky Pooj and his time in Los Angeles. She came back and said, I'm sorry, but I did not say he is having a difficult time adjusting to life in L.A. Neither he prefers cities that are not as dependent on car travel. I just pointed out that he felt bored. This was a general statement. You know, I make general statements about players all the time. It doesn't mean that I know what the heck I'm talking about. I mean, I know we're a thousand shows into this, and by now you'd expect some sort of level of expertise. Uh, but if you go back over the years, you can find me being a complete moron over and over again. And I guess stuff all the time. Um, so that's sort of uh, sort of one of the things. So she's sort of pushing back on this saying, no, that's not really what I said. In one of the better moves by the L.A. Galaxy so far this preseason in terms of social media, 
Ricky wanted to say a little bit about this, and the LA Galaxy were happy to oblige, and maybe I can even give you a little bit of information as well. They put out a video with Ricky Poosh sitting on this nice white couch, clearly in a TV studio, and we can talk about that here in a second. Uh, there's at least two MLS Cups behind him, maybe even three, um, although that may be the like LA Riot Squad Player of the Year um, uh, trophy back there in the corner, or it might be one of the Supporter Shields, it might be one of the CONCACAF trophies. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on, but he's sitting on this stark white couch. He's obviously lit. The uh, camera work is top-notch professional whenever you look at it, uh, and he's scrolling through tweets on his phone in his uh, white uniform, sitting on the couch, his legs up on the on the Shea Lounge there, right? Um, he's sitting there scrolling through and he goes and he says in Spanish, I'm so bored in L.A. Like he's mocking the whole thing. Guaranteed that this entire TV studio was not rented out for Mr. Ricky Poosh uh, in order for him to launch this. Uh, more than likely, and I have a little video that can show you a little bit later, but more than likely it was part of the L.A. Galaxy's sort of um, uh, hype videos that they work on and maybe the introduction videos. And as we've seen, they've sort of rented out the places that they have in the past that sort of do it. I think they had the Batman sort of underground, uh, not their lair, but the, uh, but the Wayne enterprises like garage where I think they recorded some of the stuff last year, or maybe it was the year before they did that. So Ricky's sitting here on the couch scrolling through and he says, I'm so bored in LA. Like there's no way that this kid is bored. So I think this is Ricky having some fun uh, with it, which I really like one it shows that he knows what's going on with the fans. So if you ever think Ricky's not paying attention to you, he probably is. Ricky seems like the kind of kid who would pay attention to you, right? So he's like, I'm so bored here in LA. That's great. Um, and he's sort of making fun of it. So I say top-notch tweet, top-notch video. Uh, way to use your surroundings to your benefit because I imagine that that TV studio costs a ton of money and you got just a little bit extra out of it. And, and I'm sure that will go worldwide as well. So, all right. So that's Ricky Push. Somebody asked if I thought that Ricky was bored. Um, and I, I will say that, you know, last year when we talked to him, he never said anything about it. He was never like, oh, yeah, I'm so bored here the whole deal. You said he was adjusting to, to life in a new city. LA is not easy to handle either. And I get, you know, I sometimes I think people don't quite get how spread out LA is, how how difficult it is to get from place to place. Um, if you sort of live around the area like I have or like most of you, I'm sure have have sort of been in and around LA for so long. Uh, I think you get the idea that it's not the uh, it's not the the Hollywood and glamour. In fact, who wants to go to Hollywood like, you know, Hollywood and Vine and down there? Why would you ever want to go there if you didn't have to be there for some reason? Right. Like there's certain tourist things that people think, oh, I definitely want to do that because it's a tourist thing. And everybody who's been here for is like, you couldn't catch me dead going there, you know. So it's a it's a it's a difficult place sometimes to do. If you find your own way in L.A. and sort of find your places, um, there's some really awesome spots. And I think Ricky just needs to have some help finding some awesome spots. The L.A. Metro, by the way, was like, hey, we got we could help you out as well. They tweeted back at, at Ricky Poosh. So it was sort of like a little fun thing that went on um, and I think handled excellently. Um, in fact, it's, it's probably a 10, a 10, 10 out of 10 tweet for me. Um, just just really like it. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun. And, and he he does. He he loves being the center of spotlight. I love Ricky Poosh for that reason. He enjoys it. And I think he takes it rather humbly. Actually, whenever we talk to him, he's always extremely nice. By the way, speaks like almost perfect English. Um, so he's he'll, he'll, he'll get there. I think we're going to get him in English a lot this year. Um, so we'll get that as well. So. Yeah, it's 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 you know, it's not the easiest place to be. We always say L.A. is such a a selling point and it can be in certain ways. Right. So that was that was one of the things that I certainly wanted to talk about because I thought that that was funny. One of the other things that sort of came back was a man we had been speculating about. Would he be back? Would he not be back? Greg Vandy said he would be back, although uh, there was perhaps uncertainty about whether or not Douglas Costa wanted to be back here with the L.A. Galaxy. He took some pictures of himself in his L.A. Galaxy uniform at the same studio that Ricky Pooge just took his little video of. And how do we know that? Because Douglas Costa gave us a little behind the scenes look at some of the studio that's going on and some of the things that are going on in there. And again, a lot of this for the hype videos and everything else that goes on preseason with the L.A. Galaxy and all that. So this is sort of, uh, you know, the beginning of preseason. This is where you go through media stuff. And whenever you go through whatever this is, maybe they're going to, you know, they'll fill it full of fog and they'll bounce lights off of it and they'll say, you know, Douglas Costa will have to say, I am Douglas Costa, you know, and then everything goes. Uh, Douglas Costa also apparently at a Lakers game as well. So he's back. Does not change anything with what I have told you. 
Uh, we expected him to be back. We always expected him to come back. There was just a lot of interest, certainly, in whether or not he could be bought out, whether or not the LA Galaxy were trying to move him, whether or not Douglas Costa wanted to stay in LA. Greg Vandy made that very clear that Douglas had to decide whether he wanted to stay in LA or go somewhere else. And whenever I asked uh, Vanny, and again, in, in one of my genius questions, is there any uncertainty that you have that Douglas Costa will be here for the start of the season? And Vanny said, no, I have zero uncertainty, which means Vanny knows 100% that Douglas Costa is saying or 100% that Douglas Costa is going. All right, so that was that was the fun little thing. So Douglas Costa back. He's with the team. I would expect him. One guy who's not with the team, by the way, is Grand Sir. <coughs> Samuel Grand Sir is apparently training with Lahav. Um, in France, apparently they're wor- waiting on paperwork for what I saw. Um, so <coughs> excuse me while I still cough. I'm starting to think I have asthma, which I haven't had since I was like 12. It's probably because I haven't seen a treadmill or, or worked out in, in a couple months at least. So that could be it. <coughs> so that's, that's Douglas Costa. And we talked about Samuel Grant, apparently waiting on paperwork. That's the, uh, that's the, the, the rumor out there. It seems likely that Sam Gradsier will not be back with the LA Galaxy, which means that the two to three moves Greg Vanny talked about are probably now, you know, three to four moves that the Galaxy are going to have to get. Wingers, wingers, wingers. That's all they need, wingers. Um, Douglas Costa is apparently one of their only wingers that they have right now. So very interesting. That's where we're going. All right. Um, Let's go over to one of my two or three final um, things here. This rumor was interesting. Julian Araujo apparently uh, and the LA Galaxy had apparently reached agreement with Club America for Julian Araujo to go. This is from uh, Soy Football. Uh, this is an interesting one. We knew Club America was interested. We talked. Greg Vanny talked about how interested um, other teams have been about Galaxy players. This certainly seems like a possible uh, you know, rumor that could very well be true, but basically Club America and the LA Galaxy reached agreement but Julian Araujo said, give me more money. And he wanted all the money. Um, so that was apparently what killed the move. And good for Julian Araujo. Because don't go down to Mexico unless you're going to get paid. He still has some development to do. I don't think... You look at his career path, though, and where he wants to be. And it wouldn't surprise me to eventually see him end up in Mexico. Being he wants to be on the Mexican national team and play. And, and even in this article, they talk about how, how he is a promising player and expected to be part of the cycle for the next World Cup. Uh, Club America apparently needing a right back, but not willing to pay Julian Rajo what he wanted. We'll see how true that ends up being. We can certainly ask Julian about it. All right. All right. That's one. The only other one I sort of wanted to touch on before I let everybody go here. Uh, Joe Corona si- signed with uh, San Diego Loyal. Joe Corona, an LA Galaxy member for a little bit. Now back with Landon Donovan in San Diego on a team that looks destined for Major League Soccer here in the next two to three years. All right. So <clears throat> that's sort of where we sit with, with the San Diego Loyal and eventually coming into MLS and whether or not Landon Donovan will still be at the helm of it whenever they come to MLS. Certainly interesting, but I wanted to touch a little bit on that. Um Let's see. Uh, Bam Dads gave us a $10 super chat. Says, Josh, can you find out if there will be a jersey release party with the players at Novo again? Don't know. Haven't been told. Sometimes I get tipped off to that because they're like, hey, we'd like you to be there. Um, sometimes not because sometimes they don't like me and they don't want me there. Um, for the most part, I have a very good relationship with the LA Galaxy. I want to make that very clear. Um, yes, I find them difficult to work with sometimes. I imagine everybody's difficult to work with sometimes, but that's not uh, that's not a huge issue for me, and I'm sure that's not a huge issue for them. Um, I will certainly find out uh, what's going on, and if there's anything, certainly appreciate that uh, super chat very, very much. Um, last chance for super chat questions. If you want, I'll give you guys a little bit of time here as we sort of reflect a little bit on what's going to be happening. Uh, LA Galaxy with that closed door scrimmage coming up. Then it is the first preseason game uh, that will be open to the public. So that's coming up on, I think, February 4th against New York City FC. So that's happening. Then they go out to Golchella, do all that fun stuff. And then they come back for a one more preseason game. And then basically it's the Rose Bowl game against LAFC. El Trafico in is what is going to be an extremely interesting off the field, on the field matchup, regardless of how you look at that. So should be a lot of fun um, in terms of what is coming up. And I do expect that the LA Galaxy have some signings up their sleeves, and I imagine those start to fall and move very quickly. Um, so, you know, yes, uh, I don't think Greg Vanny is worried about starting the season without a full complement of the players that he wants. Uh, I think they are going to take their time. 
because they think that they have a good core. But as of right now, they don't have any wingers. Um, and if they start the season by possibly moving Julian Araujo up, you could move him as a winger. You can move uh, Raheem Edwards up and play him as a winger uh, and play those two as sort of wingbacks. Uh, and then you could fill in with, you know, Lear Dam and, and Chase Gasper, that type of thing. That may be the solution. Certainly, we're ready to talk to Greg Vanny again, you know, probably in this next week. Not not anytime this week, because I think they're pretty much done. But in that next week, as they sort of build up to the closed door, spe- uh, uh, closed door scrimmage. And there's a possibility that we may even be invited to that closed door scrimmage, um, the, the, the press, although that's up in the air. I will tell you that there is at least an inkling, a possibility that some of the Coachella, uh, the excuse me, can't say it. Some of the Coachella games are going to be uh, available on stream. Okay, nothing quoted, nothing for sure. Possibility, we will see. So don't quote me. But there were some rumblings that those are going to uh, sort of be in there. Commercial Underground asked about Farai Montatu, our favorite, our favorite, uh, uh, almost like our favorite child at this point, right? We talk about him all the time. Haven't heard. Expecting something. Just haven't heard anything yet. Um, you know, it's one of those things. So that's where that's where we're sitting. That's where we stand. That's where the LA Galaxy are. I hope you enjoyed Andrew coming on the show. I always appreciate his insight. Extremely intelligent, um, passionate person. Knows so much about the LA Galaxy. Um, and I always enjoy our talks. I get to see him every once in a while. I get to talk to him on the show every once in a while. Um, it's always great to have him. So I certainly appreciate him on that. Um, people t- uh, talking about, uh, Giannis as well, right? Because that was one of the rumors. I don't think there's any, anything on that yet. We will see. Mbappe. Absolutely. I'm sure they've already talked to him. Somebody asked in the discord, whether Christian Pulisic could possibly be, uh, somebody, the LA galaxy target with all the stuff going on at Chelsea and everything going on. I think that that would be, it would be likely that the galaxy have reached out to him. It's very Landon Donovan. Somebody said in the Discord, I don't want to steal it directly, but I thought this too. Very Landon Donovan 2.0, right? Sort of get somebody like Christian Pulisic. Injured a lot. Have to play that game. Have to put that risk out. Um, but I certainly think that he would get the uh, the attention uh, to, to heal himself and put himself back in the spot. I think the Galaxy did a wonderful job with Douglas Costa putting him back together. I mean, that was that was Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and, you know, everybody tried to put him back together again. Douglas Costa was a mess at the start of the season uh, physically. And and Benny will tell you he said it many times. Um, so, yeah, that was all interesting. But, yeah, I could I could see the L.A. Galaxy. Absolutely. There's the the fun clip of, of Chris Klein saying that marketing is absolutely last. It's the last thing that comes into mind. And that's never true. And it shouldn't be true, quite honestly, if you're going out to get somebody. The bottom line is you find people who fit in your team, who you need, you know, who you need their skills from and that are also marketable at the same time. When you do that, that's how you get the home run players, right? That's how you get the players who can who can move the. Um, you know, who can move the needle, who can put butts in seats. You can't tell me that Christian Pulisic wouldn't do that. Uh, he is a widely known U.S. men's national team star, and having him linked to the LA Galaxy is very much like trying to bring back the band, trying to get the band back together uh, with Landon Donovan coming in. So, super interesting. I don't think there's anything there. I don't know that they have. I would be shocked, though, if the LA Galaxy hadn't at least considered it or reached out to him and his his uh, uh, his representatives. Super interesting <laughs> for all that stuff. All right, that's it. I don't want to say super or interesting anymore again for the rest of the night. I think I'm done. I think you guys want me done as well. Uh, there's a lot of options out there. I think the LA Galaxy can go for it. Greg Vanny talked about being liking the youth fun players, so don't be surprised if there's a young DP on their way to the LA Galaxy. All right? All right. I think that about does it for me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to call it. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's that simple. Our podcasts are there. Any of the other major news items that I feel like and have time to write about will also be there, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Show number 1,000. Check it off. What's, what's next? What's on Monday? Show number 1,001. How do you get to 2,000? One show at a time. All right. All right. That's it. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Uh, Train rides this weekend. Uh, Hit me up on any of social media. I'll tell you where you can find those. All right. Free train rides. Free train rides. Why wouldn't you want to come out and hang out with me and free train? I wear a hat. It's great. You can make fun of me. It'll be a good time. Free train rides this weekend. Weather should be great. All right. That does it for uh, for Andrew for coming on the show. Big shout out to him. I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching. 
to show number 1000 here in our little corner of the galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. and We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.